The romance novel is not something we talk about a lot on this podcast, and we're not going to do too much of that today. But as I was thinking about this intro, I was thinking about how well this movie does at emulating the idea of giving us a romance novel. Like, this movie is formulaic. This movie is glossy. This movie has sexy people in trying situations who end up, you know, together in the end. And it doesn't have a lot of the steaminess of a romance novel because it really wants to say, no, 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 this is about characters who are involved in a by-proxy project. You know, one of them writes romance novels, one of them poses for the covers of romance novels. But this is a romantic comedy. And I think, though it is formulaic, though it does derive a lot of its sensibilities from earlier works like Romancing the Stone, it's a lot of fun. You are going to have fun when you watch this film. It's got great performances from Sandra Bullock, Uh, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe explodes off the screen and Brad Pitt even comes in for 10 minutes and you're like, oh, hey, great. And you have some minor characters that are also chewing up scenery like Oscar Nunez and Divine Joy Randolph. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. And what else do you go to the rom-coms for if not to have a fun time? You may not get swept off your feet, but you will get swept somewhere. And isn't that all we can ask for in 2022? (laughs) The Lost City of D, but that's not the name of this movie. Can't you see that it's just so much more than the D, than the D, unless it's Channing Tatum's D. That's the D we want to see. Channing Tatum's D. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one you want to be. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of I mean, the part of the escapism of movies. You know, you want to the man the you want to be. What is the one movie that Channing Tatum is known for with the D? Besides um, this one, now Magic Mike. Magic Mike. That that, that movie Magic paid D. for my college. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> well, not my college, but I made a lot of money. Uh, I want to tell so the listeners ta- what's tell going us, on. Tell us about your days as a stripper. So I was a server, not a stripper. Server. That's what they're called. I mean, servers. I mean. I mean, I worked at a movie theater that was also a, also a bar and a restaurant and and a strip club. Uh, well, that week kind of, <laughs> or that month. Oh, I mean, I mean, it was even longer than the month. Yeah. So, um, you know, we would the the movies would play in the theaters, but people could come out and drink in the lounge, the bar, but then bring their cocktails into the movie. It was a grand old time. Um, and we got Magic Mike in that week, and it brought out. I'm gonna say this. I don't want to make this a derogatory term, but it brought out you've, I mean, you've, the you've cougar basi- moms. You basically. basically said this exact thing before on this podcast. Okay, so, so I told the so, story. So why do you? Why, if no, I no. told the story, what do you want to know? I I mean, I I just I just want to know how's the D. <laughs> oh, I I luckily didn't need to watch the movie. I don't even know if you see Channing Tatum's thingling ding. I heard it was really good. Was it? The D or the movie? Well, I mean, I'm assuming one. Both. I'm assuming the D was fine, but probably great. But <laughs> I, I like. I think Robin. Robin told me she went and see it and it was really good. She had a good time. In fact, so many people said it was really good. Who am I? Who am I talking? You know, about? that was the thing about that movie, and I think that's why I'm not worried about the future of cinema. It's or like the future of D. The, there's always going to be movies that are going to be crowd movies, and mm. like that was a crowd movie. Like 
you you feel like I don't know maybe they don't feel skeezy watching it by themselves, but it's like it's got to be way more fun with all your uh, friends a party of in people. The theater, oh yeah, for with sure. cocktails flowing and all that. It's got to be way more fun. And this had that too. Unfortunately, I went to the Sunday matinee with my wife, and so it was me and senior citizens. So that wasn't much of a crowd, but there was people there laughing, which definitely helps in a comedy. Ryan, let me tell you what: going to a Sunday matinee is far better than going to a Monday matinee. <laughs> Because the one I went to was dead. Oh. I, I, now, I would like to get this out of the way soon. I was thinking about saving it for the end, but I kind of want to know your experience with laughter mm. and this movie. This particular movie? Yeah. So The, the Lost City, the movie, we won't, we won't tell the story yet. Okay. You've seen Finding Neverland, right? Yes, I have. One of the great moments of that movie is that J.M. Barry packs a theater full of kids for the first viewing of Peter Pan mm -hmm. and their laughter kind of shows the adults how to watch the play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like movie theaters are a lot like that. That's one yep. of the best things about theaters is if we can all go through this experience together, as we've just been talking about with um, the magic D yeah. um, the magic Mike, sorry, there's, there's just something special in, in mm -hmm. the magic of that. Right. Yeah. And having, I, I was in this theater alone and maybe that's the worst way to watch comedies. Yep. Um, <laughs> kind I, of pretty much, yeah. Because I, I did think this movie was funny. Mm -hmm. I thought lots of it was funny, but it was a f it, it made me feel like JD's girlfriend from that season of Scrubs, where right. she's like, "That's, that's so, so funny. funny," and I didn't laugh once. Mm -hmm. And I like I realized this three quarters of the way through the movie, and I got self conscious about yeah. it. That I was in a theater watching a comedy, not laughing. It's a psychological thing. Okay. Now, what I want to ask is, did you guys being there with all the senior citizens, were you just chuckle buckets or what? I laughed. And I think, do you have this thing too with your wife? When your wife is laughing really hard at something, you're enjoying it 10 times more. Not twice as much, 10 times as much. Yeah, I I think there is an empathetic like link towards joy. Because there's that like yeah. date anxiety of like i hope she's having a good time and when yeah she's like cackling at a movie you're like she's having a good yeah time. anything this where she's great. not paying attention to you yeah perfect. right <laughs> but in the movie that's what you want yeah um i'm told that some people make out in movies when they're bored never never had an experience with that i've only done that once and which i wasn't movie? even bored which movie it was Labyrinth. I felt bad because oh. i was really enjoying the movie but i hadn't made out in a long time <laughs> and it was at the garland and we were way in the back. Yeah, that has happened to me just at home when we're watching a movie and, you know, Sarah wants to kiss or something I'm like, it's, the movie is on. <laughs> Robert De Niro is speaking. Can you stop? Are you watching Raging Bull? <laughs> and she's just like so turned on. Well, basically, she sees Joe Pesci come on screen. She's like, all right, let's get started. Here's the thing. People, if you're... If you have a healthy relationship and you want to make out in a movie theater, go right on ahead. Just but don't be rude about it. Don't be rude about it. But... I did have a significant other who didn't super love making out when I felt like making out, but really wanted to do it in theaters. Oh, Not do it, but sure. like make out in theaters. And I was like, this is expensive. <laughs> and like, Can we not do this at home? I would indulge because you got to be a good partner and like, uh -huh. you know, but like it would just be like, you know, the movie is starting right now. We don't need to be making out right now sure oh it used to annoy the crap out of me i'm sorry that these beautiful women wanted to make out with you anyways to answer your question 
Uh, I laughed a lot. Sarah laughed a lot. Did she laugh more? She laughed more, which is to be expected in a Sandra Bullock movie. It's just her flavor. It's mm. this is just her type of movie. Her flavor is pink sequins. Um, yeah, and we knew. I knew watching the trailer. I'm like, this is Sarah's kind of movie. And then when we watched the movie while we we're watching, I'm like, this is turning out to be Sarah's kind of movie. I'm mm-hmm. very happy. Yeah. Uh, she had caveats, but in terms of a comedy, mission accomplished. Very good. Well, um, I would love to know the story of this comedy. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. We meet, um, actually, let me back up. Kelly, have you seen Romance in the Stone? (laughs) You know what, Ryan? I think, I think it was actually recently that I saw this movie. Okay. Confer our episode on Romancing the Stone. Now you know the story of this movie. It is exactly that. <laughs> we have a romance adventure author who is very successful, um, who the difference is, is, you know, she's widowed and she's kind of a loner, but that's the way she likes Her it. Her manager's a little bit more pushy. Mm-hmm. Like if you basically combined this movie with they could have easily, Castle for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They easily could have had Holland Taylor play the manager in this movie too. For sure. Why didn't they do that? Why did they just make it a secret sequel? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that would have been fun, but one of my least favorite things is a, a sequel that is basically the same movie. Yeah. You know, where I like, I'm really afraid of Top Gun Maverick because yeah. it looks like they're just like, oh, by the way, there's going to be one time where he flies past somewhere and like makes somebody spill his coffee at the end of the movie. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> do something new. I already like it. Yeah, that's anyway. a good point. But I did like Divine Joy Randolph. Don't mm-hmm. know if I've ever seen her before. but She seemed familiar, but I liked her. This, this movie did seem from the very beginning like every single character had a story. Mm-hmm. I usually like that a lot. Mm -hmm. We always reference Family Stone. Mm -hmm. There was something about it in this movie that I both liked and disliked Uh because it felt a little bit like it distracted from the now, the emotion. (laughs) Well, kind of like I'm going to compare this later to I think let's let's leave the comparisons to Romancing the Stone at the door. Okay. And I would like to come back to that as a topic Mm -hmm. in maybe trope talk. Yeah. Okay. So the story of the movie, basically romance novelist, tired of writing romance novels. She doesn't know how to end her book. I really like how they set it up where we we see her writing the story and she's playing one of the characters. Yeah. And then when she gets stuck, she like becomes it's it's like a one act play where the the author of the play is like, oh, I'm actually going to start talking to my characters. Right, 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 right. And, and I like it. Well, also, like, she is showing us how we think as writers. Yeah. But also, it's that element of, what were we watching? Was it last week? Where we're like, writers, think this through a little bit more. Was it with Killers? It was with Killers. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's like, you just need to, like, work out the logic of your scene just so it is internally making logic. And it, that's what she's doing. Yeah, and I like, because she's basically got her and Channing Tatum, like, trapped on a floor surrounded by snakes and there's a bunch of 
you know, you know, there's like these thugs and a maniacal madman, and she starts breaking down her scene and realizing none of it makes sense. Yeah, this won't work. And yeah, so she's just delete, 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 delete. And this is very good. This is exactly how I feel as a writer sometimes, where I've gotten too excited about something and too wrapped up in the story, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I thought about it for a second. This, this is not going to work. But also, I look like an, a madman when I'm writing scenes because I'm like. I'm like emoting what characters are saying mm-hmm. and Sarah just knows like, oh, he's writing a scene. <laughs> you know, Robin does that when she directs too. It scares me to no end <laughs> where she'll look at the the monitor and is watching the actor and she'll like the the feelings she feels or she wants them to feel. She'll be acting out at the oh, monitor. Oh, interesting. I have video of this. I don't think I'll ever watch it again because it scares me. <laughs> I just wonder if the actors have this back and forth where they're like, watching <laughs> like robin's like uh, and then, uh. <laughs> no i honestly think she hides very specifically behind the monitor so oh. they won't see her do that okay 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 <laughs> i like the method as a director to sit next to the camera lens and glare at the actors and just be like impress me <laughs> and just just terrify just the ever living <laughs> shit out of them never blink yeah you invariably appeared in your own films mr hitchcock have you ever been tempted to become an actor yourself nothing so low as that so anyway, she's she's not good at this. No, she's not. She is good at it. She's just lost passion. Yeah. And so she just ends the book and she's just a whatever ending. And she she shows up at, for this book tour that she doesn't want to be on. And, and like we're introduced to her, you know, her manager, Beth, and her new um, social, social media, media manager, manager, Allison. And I like that this takes a different tact than J-Lo in Marry Me. Oh, yeah. She's much better as a social media manager. Well, she's much better as a social media manager, but Sandra Bullock is like way not into this. Yeah. And she's just like a writer who's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I don't need to spend my time (laughs) mooning at the camera. Yeah. And we're brought out onto stage where Mm -hmm. we meet Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is Alan, which is just a great model name. Alan. Alan! 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 No, that's not Alan. And he's wearing this beautiful blonde wig. He's basically Fabio. Um, And he's super into it. He just loves this life of being this book cover model. And he's just the basis of this main character that's starting like 25 books. And he's a very unique character, I want to say, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Because he's a supermodel with a heart Mm -hmm. who he's really not self-obsessed. Right. Like most would be. Right. Or most would be portrayed, I guess. He's like Channing Tatum. Pretty much every movie, I always like his persona. Like Mm -hmm. you would think that he would be that. Like the if you met a guy who looked like Channing Tatum in high school would be just a guy you'd just be like, you know, just. You just growl at. (laughs) Just. (laughs) But just that kind of like jock full of himself kind of thing. But there's something so self-deprecating and so sweet sweet but also just kind of like not all there but is modest because of it is just kind of unaware of things right and and it's it's that kind of like he's not compensating for that in any way Mm -hmm. which is what i think makes him so unique as a character yeah like i've seen i've seen those characters who who know that they don't have a lot to give in a certain area and they're trying so hard to like, I guess if he is compensating it, he's co- he's compensating by trying to be polite. Right. And that is the least annoying way to be, which made him unique because usually these people are in in 
in shows have like so much to learn about not being so self-obsessed. And yeah. that's, you know, and it's just not him. And it was, so, I don't know. It was so unique. Yeah. And so the, they, they go to the, this convention for, I, I don't know if it's like a literary convention, like a con of some kind, or it's just a romance con. I, I would buy both. I'm sure, sure. there's a bunch like yeah. that. Um, and hijinks happen and Sandra Bullock accidentally rips his wig off and she's just embarrassed to be there. She's realizing like her whole life's work is just being a flimsy romance author. Whereas she's a lot smarter than that. Yeah. It seems like she kind of fell into that world at one point in time and never pulled herself out. Yeah. And then her husband died and she just kind of stayed in that world. Yeah. And we, we figure out through photos and stuff that the husband was like the brains behind the operation of, or not her operation, but just was an archeologist, Indiana Jones type of figure. Yeah. It, like they, and they used to do that together where right. she, she like knows a lot about languages and he, he seemed like the adventurer kind of, kind of like, like, it, like it Michael seemed, Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it seemed like they were, it seemed like they were adventure partners. Yeah. At yeah, one yeah, point. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, things, things end poorly and she basically tells Channing Tatum and the world that's like, uh, Dash, your character Dash is done. Like yeah. I'm no longer writing your character. And yeah. he's super upset cause it's like, that's his life. It's his life and he loves it. And he's like, why would you, why would you end this? And why would you end this? Like this relationship of me being your muse. And you can kind of get right up front that he, he likes her. Yeah. Yeah. He he really is into Sandy B. And she's just kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. And this is uh, the second movie in, uh, I think, in Marry Me, we had this as well, where uh, the couple, uh, or one of the couples, um, is just significantly age-gapped, where the woman is the older person in the couple. Right, right, right. right, right. Which is very unique, and it's, yeah. it seems to be coming into vogue. Yeah, well, I just like that we're getting Hollywood stars, women, like, it was in the 90s where it's like, oh, no roles for women after 40. And this decade, they're proving plenty of roles for women over 50, like J-Lo, mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock, like, and, please, more. And it's just proving the rule that um, allow women to be powerful and they will date younger people, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we will buy it. And we will accept it. Yeah. Which, you know, can be gross, but isn't here. <laughs> Not this time. Um, and you know what? Date whoever you want, please. As long as it doesn't get weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see it if it's weird. Um, so what happens is immediately after this thing, Sandra Bullock gets kidnapped. Um, and Channing Tatum Jen- witnesses it and, and then realizes it's his responsibility to rescue her. Right. And so while he's dealing with that, Sandra Bullock meets Daniel Radcliffe, mm-hmm. who is the ch- gem of this movie, in yeah. my opinion. I think he, I want to shake his hand. It's like, congratulations, you are no longer Harry Potter. Like, I no longer have that connotation, not because of specifically this movie, but it's like, I've seen you in so many different contexts now. You've done a great job of just distancing yourself from that. He, well done. He and Robert Pattinson, I think, have done an amazing job going from... We were part of a series mm-hmm. to we trust me, we do other stuff. I think our Pat succeeded even more than Daniel Radcliffe. I think he succeeded more seriously. But I I wonder who's the more free. Because Daniel Radcliffe will do a lot of weird roles. Like he's done some weird movies. He played a movies. dead body for an entire movie. Yeah. So <laughs> would Robert Pattinson do that? I'm not sure. So, you know, maybe Maybe Daniel Radcliffe is the more successful of the two. I, I mean, how do you measure success, really? 
uh, having a lot of, of cheese in terms in this of movie. Batman. How Batman have you become? And Robert Pattinson, pretty Batman. Yeah, Robert Pattinson, pretty Batman, and I applaud him for that. Mm-hmm. We went and saw Batman last week together, and it was great. great. Time. But I also would say Batman probably not the happiest of dudes. No, Daniel Radcliffe has got a pretty joyous persona. He really does. Like he is playing uh, only slightly murderous villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he just chews the scenery. He's great. He's a lot of fun. He might be one of my favorite working actors. There you go. And I just didn't realize it until this movie. That's the beauty of movies. Did you see Horns? No. I didn't either, but I wanted to. Now you can. Now I will. <laughs> so basically he is like, hey, you know, this this place that you just wrote about in this book, it's over on this island. I bought this island because, you know, I want to I want to find this thing. I want to find the MacGuffin. I, Come find the MacGuffin. Yeah, I'm going to find this jewel. And uh, he's got something that only she can translate. And she's like, uh, I don't really want to. Do they not realize that they can photocopy it? Like, <laughs> I, I was just like, you don't need to be looking at the original thing anymore. You can just make a photocopy and look at it in Photoshop. You said photo coffee, and now I just want to be able to duplicate my coffees. I want a photo coffee. Um, yeah, he could have done that, but she's like, no, I don't want to for reasons. And he's like, okay, I'm kidnapping you then. And she's like, no. <laughs> and then he brings her on the coolest plane ever. It's like this Avengers jet. Yeah. It's, I was like, is that a real plane? I don't know, but I don't care. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. buying what's happening right now. So, meantime, when she's kidnapped, um, we've got Beth and Alan and Allison trying to figure out how to rescue, you know, their sweet Loretta of Sandra Bullock. And Channing Tatum gets in contact with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. and Jack Trainer, Jack Trainer, And they, they meet on the island um, in order to go save Sandra Bullock, who's basically been tied up in a, uh, uh, a tent. Yeah, a right? nice tent. A, a nice tent. A rich man's tent. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is being that villain that is so 1940s. Mm-hmm. He, he's like, um, who, who's the, the French guy from Indiana Jones? Belloc. Belloc. He's very Belloc. And his name is Beloche. Beloche. <laughs> Belloc. <laughs> we watch Indiana Jones too much. But he's very Belloc about it. Yeah. Um, where he's like, hey, look, I'm not a bad guy. I just I do just, bad things. I, and and they write in this this fun little narrative where the company was stolen from out from under him by his dad giving it to his younger brother. And he had other so there's other brothers and I was expecting cameos of other like Harry Potter adjacent type actors and yeah. I never got it and I'm pretty sad. Or other Daniel Radcliffe's. Oh. Like because they made such a big deal about this brother thing. Yeah. I was like please Where have is, them show up. Another brother. And not only that, but his name is Lillian. No, Abigail. Yeah. Abigail Fairfax. What a great name. Yeah. And he like says his brother's name at one point in time, which is also like kind of a gender neutral yeah. name. And then Leslie or something. Julian is is the big guy the with the mustache. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be one of his brothers. Right. Right. Anyway. But no. So missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's like, work for me. And Sandra Bullock's like, no. <laughs> but meanwhile, Brad Pitt. And how great is it that we have Brad Pitt here? Oh and my Brad gosh. Pitt's just beautiful and I, I like that he's capping off this this uh, trifecta, or is this is the fourth? This is the fourth adventure movie that we've done in a row. And we've already had Brad Pitt, and he's coming back yeah, again. Yeah, it's it's poetic. It's really poetic. He started it all. 2005, I mean, Mr. and Ms. Smith. Like, it's... I mean, Walt Whitman, what... I mean, you don't... You got nothing <laughs> Who cares? On Go back to your leaves of grass. Um... 
and so Channing Tatum is literally trying to tag along with Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt's like, no, just stay in the and car. And Brad Pitt is a literal, like, James Bond-esque character. Yeah, and this is where the movie really picks up, because the first act, it's like, ah, this is kind of fun, but when Brad Pitt shows up and the adventure gets going, it's like, all right, here we go. Brad we Pitt go. is amazing in yeah, this movie. it's so great. We see these, like, James Bond action sequences where he's just taking bad guys out left and right, but and Channing he, Tatum's But he's also kind of like Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, like he does that thing where he lands on someone's head and like takes them to the ground with his legs. Wonderful, yeah. so good. Really creative stuff from the directors Adam and Aaron Nee, the Nee brothers. I guess I don't know how they want to be be called, but Nay because they used to be brothers. <laughs> so the the action here is just like I never expected it to be like Mr. and Mrs. Smith or mm-hmm. anything of that, but it was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun, and it that's was... the, what you want. Yeah, it, it, it was way more fun than Killers, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we watched last week. And I, I think when, when Brad Pitt goes away, the action gets a little less fun necessarily, just because you don't have an action star being an action star. Right. But it's still fun. And that's the thing when you have multiple genres that you're juggling. It's like, all right, we can't do any action right here. We can do comedy. So it's like, well, let's let's just amp up the comedy. Or it's like, okay, we can't be funny. Let's amp up the romance. So they're always cognizant of the mm-hmm. elements that need to be at play. Because when you're not throwing those out there, it just kind of is limp storytelling. There's not really anything driving it. Yeah, it's a flaccid D at that point. Ugh. Flaccid <laughs> <laughs> uh, city of D. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the... Basically what happens, like we have this C story of Beth trying to save her, Mm -hmm. her writer. And like she realizes that she sent Alan out to do this. Even she is a, like a big character because you get that like her mom is blind and like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's trying to take care of her mom and she's like trying to get people to help. And there's, there's this scene where she's like talking to local cops to see if Uh they can help. And I, there's something about how much credence they give to this scene where I'm like, this is funny. It's funny on the page and all these actors are doing a great job, mm-hmm. but it didn't need to be here. It, no, it, but it slowed down the movie for me a bit. I think the movie had a lot more content with her overall because we also have Oscar Nunez's character who is this crazy cargo now, Pilot. when we get there, I'm all all for it. I just yeah. thought they spent way too much time trying to get her to the island. I know it's a gag, too, because it's like she's this person who's coming to a rescue. And usually in these movies, they're either like just showing up at the end or or something. But yeah, and they gave her like entire journey. But you kind of need it because you need the conclu- you need the finale. of. I mean, we're not going to spoil anything of like. The heroes save the day. They fall in love and they get rescued and all that stuff uh-huh. after the hijinks that happens. But the you need that like Deus Ex Machina of the person to come rescue you away from the danger, and you can't just have her show up out of nowhere. No, but I would like to rewrite the movie, and I think I could make it just a little bit more fun. Okay. You write your first draft with your heart, and you rewrite with your head. Keep Beth's storyline in there uh-huh. where she is trying to get to the island. I would love it if somehow Daniel Radcliffe like called Beth and was like, Beth, it's fine. We're we're on this island. We're just gonna take care of this thing and then we're gonna come home. Or somehow like make Beth 
like be like, I'm coming to the island. I'm going to come check this out. And Daniel Radcliffe's like, whatever, mm-hmm. or however you get her to the island. But the whole time we're just cutting back to rather than her coming to necessarily rescue her. Mm-hmm. She's just c- trying to get to the island and having a horrible time trying to get there. She doesn't even necessarily know she's in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just having like her own adventure. And then she accidentally rescues her at the end. Ah, but that cuts out her stakes. That 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 takes away the stakes of us needing her to get there because we realize what happens is Brad, Kitt's, Brad Pitt seemingly gets his head blown off yeah oh man it's a very funny unexpected moment and so then that leaves the rescue plan up to just alan and we've met alan and we're not super confident in his abilities to get her home it's it's fine but like whenever we were with her i i didn't feel like just because it's such a comedy yeah you're you're taking me from like these people trying to survive mm-hmm. to this person being there, and I'm not like I need her to get there on time, right? You and know, it, it you they've dug themselves a pit with having this character there in the first place because if they take away any of more of her story, then why she's, have it there? But then she just becomes this trope of like sassy black um, sidekick trope, and it's like well. You don't want to just make that the point of her character. You want to actually give her a story and give her characterization. And I really did like her story when they got her like to the island and she's like trying to get the puddle jumper and she's with Oscar Nunez, who do you think he and Sandra Bullock are like actually really good friends in real life? I don't know, but I'm really glad he's here because well, because they've just been in two rom-coms that we've reviewed recently. Yeah. Well, I mean, the movies are still... 10, they were made 10 or 11 years apart, but nonetheless. Like, but he's still playing an eccentric weirdo yeah. on an island. I was really hoping that this movie was like somehow connected to the proposal and like he had a brother who lived in Alaska or something. Hilarious. But also it would have been like, why are there multiple Sandra Bullocks in this universe? But, sure. I mean, well, why not? Is yeah, the real question. I would accept it. But anyway, Beth Beth has her own story and it's, it's great for the most part. I just... I do feel like some of the emotional center of this movie was kind of sucked away by these extra storylines. Yeah. But and do you 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 do agree with me that they probably cut out some of the scenes that were filmed there cuz like we see her on the cargo plane with Oscar Nunez and mm-hmm. then later she's just huffing to the the police station it's like i feel like there's something missing between these two scenes i yeah. felt like we we got cut something I, cut i kind of thought i kind of felt like they had a almost a parallel storyline movie yeah. as written and then they they were like Ooh, like maybe like, they probably realized the problem that you are saying of yeah. like this is kind of slowing the movie down so we can't have right. too much of this cuz i think you can have a parallel storyline movie but we we need like two main characters mm-hmm. not a main character and like a quarter character. I, the way I would rewrite it is I would Mm. go the other way and give myself the challenge of like, I've got to make this C storyline as good a quality as Sandra Bullock and Shane Tatum. Totally. How am I going to make this competitive? And I think they, they could have done that by actually making her in a romantic comedy as well. And Oscar Nunez being right. that other half, but instead they play it for comedy every time. And they, the tag at the end of the movie is she's like, you are my platonic friend. Yeah. Like, and that's it's like, funny. I like it, but yeah. like, it would have been cool if you had a like plot line that like set the, that up. Yes. Yes. Where like just made it like an actual romance where right. these two people who were like, one had basically given up on love and one was obsessed with her job 
found romance where they weren't expecting it. Right. So that would be cool. No, I, I like your rewrite better than mine. But even then, it's like, okay, now we got to make this movie like two hours plus. And it's like, okay, this is pushing it for kind of a flimsy comedy about the lost city of D or whatever. Yeah. Also, the, <laughs> lost, the lost city is like, it's one of those titles that has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. And it <laughs> truly was originally titled The Lost City of D. I don't know what made Paramount so skittish about it. It's like, who cares? But whatever. Yeah, you're Paramount. It's Get fine. over yourself. You you showed us Top Gun. We we respect you no matter what. Don't worry. Well, except your app. Your app sucks. Uh, your app is the worst. Oh, I'm sorry. I like. Who are you sorry to? Oh, uh, just Paramount. It's like it sounds like you guys really pissed Kelly off. <laughs> they did. It was uh, a bad app. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically they run away from the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene just like in Stand by Me where Channing Tatum gets um his. His, his leech on his pee pee mm-hmm. and that that basically happens in stand by me mm-hmm. um and then slowly but surely over the course like he kind of falls a little bit more in love with or sandra bullock falls a little bit more in love with him he stands up to her at one point in time mm-hmm. they do this fun gag on a motorcycle mm-hmm. where they they kill a couple <laughs> of bad guys on accident mm-hmm. and feel bad about it yeah, it's it's like, everything you expected this movie to be where he's kind of a mim- a male bimbo about things and a mimbo and it like turns out that she needs to be the tough tough one and he can be tough too but he's kind of flighty and I just like that persona of this big tough guy being yeah. the flighty one and her He's being, strong, he's just bad at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but he has good ideas too and has to learn to speak up for himself, which right. Strangely, I related to because, mm-hmm. like, he's like trying to get his words into Sandra Bullock, and she's like, "Quiet." And he's like, oh, "I have to be strong and like say what I feel." Wait, you never say what you feel? <laughs> I say what I feel a lot with you, <laughs> but sometimes Sarah can scare me, and I have to speak up. She, yeah. Sarah's listening. She's like, "That's not she, fucking true at all." She's she's kind of like Sandra Bullock. No, no, no. I <laughs> she see truly that. is. Um, the yeah, and and like, I I kind of want to like we. we like beat for beat this is uh, let's get back into the comparisons between oh romancing the stone it's like they need to apologize to michael douglas yeah they they end up in a small town where they like get new clothes and then they have a dance and that's where the real romance sinks in yeah during this dance scene they don't have sex and so that's the different thing and there's no betrayal but like plot point wise we're right there with it <laughs> yeah there's no excuse um and and then they like figure out they the whole time sandra bullock has been like looking for this this metaphor that is like tears in the pit or like the unending tears place and yeah and Channing tatum's like no let's just get you home let's get you out of here and she's like uh actually i feel like i could find this on my own so maybe we do that a little bit which also is romancing the stone where there is some kind of ulterior motives to what these characters are looking to do while they're right. there. Right. Right. Except it's just gender flipped at this point. Yeah. And I, when, when she finally figures out that it's a real place and she's like, it was on the map, we can go with the map. Channing Tatum goes from a couple scenes before being like, no, we're not doing that. We're getting off this Island. Like that's ridiculous mm-hmm. to being like, yeah, no, you got to do what you got to do. And I believe in you. And it was just like, uh, okay, like for this movie, fine. I was a hundred percent in with his character. What made him change <laughs> towards like what they needed Just, to do? They had enough scenes of them being real with each other and having an honest conversation with each other, and just I didn't, I don't recall a specific scene of what she had revealed to him in order for him to be like one hundred percent supportive of her. 
But I think the point of their courtship throughout the middle of the movie is them negotiating what a relationship should be. And it should be about like supporting each other. And he's freaked out. I think the reason he wants to just get her home is that he's worried for her and Mm -hmm. worried about her. Mm -hmm. And I think through this adventure, he has seen that she can handle herself and realizes like, oh, this is the stuff he finds out about her is that she is like sad about who she's become. And she's just this flimsy for her. She thinks that she's a flimsy romance author Mm -hmm. and he sees that the passion she has is the archaeology stuff behind it. And, you know, he hears that she really wants to find, go out and find this thing. And he's like, oh, let's do the thing that truly gives you joy. I want to support that 100%. So I think it wasn't deep, but it was enough. If, if I if I could have rewritten it a little bit, uh-huh. I think I would have Sandra Bullock be like, break down in that city where she's like trying to go and he's like no 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 we're gonna get out of here we're gonna be safe and she's like no you don't understand i need this i need to find this like i need to like this is what me and my husband we're looking to do our entire lives and she becomes hold on she becomes a little bit more daniel radcliffe not evil or whatever but uh-huh. she's just a little bit more obsessed with it and what she realizes in the end is that kind of that thing where love and new adventures were standing right in front of her this whole time. Yeah, I. That's fine. I like. I like what they do, because the delicate element of romance being you working to support the dreams of your partner. Yeah, but he. And that's I, what I'm, I'm I saw. Gonna, it's, that's it, what there's I saw. no change though, because Channing Tatum is always supporting her. No, because he's seems, like it seems his, like his goal changed. His goal I know, completely. Pivoted. I know, but I mean just. I'm I'm talking about everything I know about these characters up until that point is Channing Tatum, very nice to her, Mm -hmm. knows a bunch about her, comes to the island to rescue her, is trying to like make everything okay for her. Right. And then continues to do that. Whereas she never sees him. And so what I want is a change in her. Uh, well, the change in her is her outlook on him. I know, but that's like... That that's not an actual like active thing that she does. That's just yeah, a perception. Yeah, I don't think she actually grew. <sighs> see, I mean, it's fine. It's fine the way it is. It's very light. I just would love to see her change. Not be I. We're here, and I realized that the love was these seashells all the time, and it wasn't about money. Like that. That wasn't something she learned. But is that's what I'm saying? Is that she doesn't... did she learn her lesson of what Cheney Tatum tells her of like you need to understand that you give be you bring people joy and like i mean i I, guess because she keeps writing after after this and she keeps doing it and she seems to be happy right but like that's that's something where it's like in an epilogue that we get that she's still writing rather than something that she realizes because of him during the movie and the meat of the movie it's not bad it's just it's just not as it, it it I I was lacking feelings about this movie. Yeah. Well, what's what's strange though is that scene where he's like, "We're gonna do it. We're gonna go, and we gotta we gotta find this thing." And sure. That was the most moving scene of the movie to me. Oh. Because it was kind of a like, not a wake up call, but of like uh, an encouragement and rem- a reminder to like keep being your partner's cheerleader. Keep keep doing I mean, that thing. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But 
So it worked on me. I don't uh, know what to say. No, I think it's, like I said, great lesson. Just didn't work on, like, it, it did not work on me. It's just I already believe that. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like you're already doing that. Yeah, fair enough. So they And she could die. <laughs> yeah, so they go and they get captured in the city just like in Ruin. Well, maybe they get captured there, but they... No, she does. She gets captured there and right. then he chases after them. Yeah. And there's a, a pretty goofy fight scene that's kind of Indiana Jonesy and fun. Yeah, and um, I like the, hey, do you smell that? Kind of like... Uh, yeah, that's what that's I love. Nice. It's it, good chemistry. He, yeah, he uh, he always like gets her not to hyperventilate. Mm-hmm. And that was sweet. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and so they eventually find the lost city and it's this glistening, like basically... I don't know how they could not... It's not The Lost City. They already found The Lost City. That's why this is a stupid title. Or the Lost City was all there. They found the small temple. It's The Lost Tomb within The Lost City. So what I love about this is that whoever this like queen lady was spent a lot of time finding this place just to make a burial for her and her husband um, yeah. there. And I'm like, that's a lot of work, guys. But there's still <laughs> this like waterfall and there's an opening... And like they basically crawl through a tunnel to get there, but I would have to think that that's, there's that's something not how could they be, used it. There should be something they could scale to get in there too. Right. I was thinking the same thing. It's just they approached it from a different direction, and <laughs> that was where they came in. Maybe it was but a shortcut. Watching Daniel Radcliffe because he he had kidnapped both of them, and watching him go into a cave and like. It, his buddy who's who's there with him who ends up betraying him um, that yeah. you can see coming from a mile off. He's like, those ca- the caves are dangerous. And I'm like, the last time I saw Daniel Radcliffe go into a dangerous cave, Dumbledore died. So let's see how this oh. goes. Oh, And Daniel Radcliffe's like, stop bringing up Harry Potter. I mean, he didn't die in the cave, but you know what I mean, Daniel. It was after the cave. <laughs> Daniel's like, I'm well aware. <laughs> so there's no, there's no crown. There's no golden... Um, it's, it's an Indiana crown. Jones 3 ending yeah. it's like oh it's the most humble thing in the world not actually anything valuable or precious yeah. oh no yep. shocker well actually that I mean uh, I would say the cup does definitely or the it, it, it does it, have, it's useful it does have value I think it just it's don't useful. look pretty it just don't look pretty it don't look pretty it and don't look pretty this one's more sentimental because instead of made of rubies it's made of red seashells and it's like Jesus Christ cool. is looking down from me he's like it's not pretty <laughs> It's like I'm sorry, Jesus. Very pretty cup. I mean, it wasn't his cup. It was, <laughs> it was like a guard's cup, right? Yeah, it was just a simple cup. It was just, it was the cup of a carpenter. He Wait, chose the cup wisely. of car- why would it be a cup of a carpenter? Was it because he was he, it Joseph? It's of- like a Nalgene bottle. Oh, like okay. he just carries it around wherever he goes, and he's like at the wedding. He's like, yeah, I got a cup. You know what? We need Wait, more no, no. wine. Pour, pour. Let's make some more wine. So, let's make some more wine. So, but what happened? What what this theory presupposes <laughs> is <laughs> that. The cup from the wedding made it all the way across mm. the years mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the death. Somehow ended up because he's in... got like a backpack. Because who collected? Was it them? Joseph of Arimathea who had yeah, the cup? Yeah, yeah. He found it. He's like, this was my bro, Jeezy Crazy. He had this this cup here, and yeah. you know, I, I found it. And I like, think I remember that. That was in Ephesians, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the book of Ephesians, chapter six, verse twenty-three. That Look was in Nalgians, right? <laughs> the book of Nalgians of how to properly take care of your travel cup. Obviously, we went to Sunday school as children. <laughs> so, uh, the oh, sorry, there's this giant explosion coming. Because the volcano's about to explode. Volcano's, volcano's about need, to erupt. You need the stakes. You need to sizzle those stakes. 
And so they escape. They they go through a tunnel, a la the Goonies. Yeah, um, but less fun. It yeah. seems it seems more dangerous yeah. than fun. And Beth is there with the Coast Guard, and they capture Os- Daniel Oscar Nunez. Oscar Nunez is there, and they realize uh, Harry Potter's the bad guy. Sorry, Daniel Radcliffe, don't kill me with your wand. Sorry, it's it's funny because like I'm thinking about this movie, and if I want to see a sequel to this movie, since Brad Pitt's dead. I want to see it about Daniel Radcliffe's character. Right. He's totally. the most interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's this great shot of Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, like, um, holding each other and it like morphs into a romance book cover mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. Great yeah, she, shot. She writes a new book. They do a, they, oh yeah, they have a kiss. They have a kissy at the end where he tries to write the, the romance novel out loud. It's a scene. He's bad at it. It's exactly how I would write that scene yeah exactly you know what that'd be my first instinct you've written a lot of scenes like that yeah yeah um sarah was very disappointed in the ending kiss yeah she was good she was not happy and i'm like that was fine she's like no that was lame i'm like i thought it was lame too uh, yeah, what can you do? I don't know. Maybe there's just not the physical chemistry there because yeah. they definitely had the like verbal repartee down. Yeah, I. You know what? Was this movie shot like prime COVID time? Um, n- there, no. There was something where a lot of the scenes between the two of them they felt right next to each other, and some of the other scenes they just felt like they weren't both there on the day. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was because there was a mention of a face mask. So maybe they did. Maybe it was COVID. It was like, I don't want to. I don't want to get you know social distancing and all that. I don't want to get too close. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, like as far as their chemistry, uh, what I want to say is every single actor in this movie killed their parts. Yeah, it did. There was a. I. 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 Uh, let's talk about how we feel about this movie. I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I. I might watch this again, mm-hmm. but it. I had a fun time, mm-hmm. but it moved me so little that I'm just like, this isn't what I'm looking for right now. Well, did you expect it to move you? Like, I, I just think that's maybe on you. So, well, no, no. Like, Romancing the Stone. This is why I wanted to come back to uh-huh. Romancing the uh-huh. Stone. Romancing the Stone kind of plays at the exact same level as this movie. Totally. Right? It's fun. It's not trying too hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's dare I say it, Harlequinny at times. Mm-hmm. This movie... Not too dissimilar. I think this leans a little bit more on comedy yep. um, than romance, but not much more. Yeah. I mean, this movie just feels more fresh. It's one of those cases where it's like, yeah, Romance in the Stone feels pretty 80s. And if that's what you're into, then you're going to have a fantastic time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like this movie's fresh because it just came out. We just saw this. The well, right. But there's something about its sense of humor that just feels of the moment of like it's hitting yeah. the, our comedic style. And our comedic style? Or... Our, you as mean in as the generation, the royal we. I was gonna say comedy is subjective. <laughs> it's hitting the world's comedic style. Um, I, I thought so much of this was funny and good, mm-hmm. but you know, it it almost felt academic to me. Uh-huh. Like like this movie's comedy and its formula were so paint by numbers and good. It felt. It felt like a safe superhero movie uh, where yeah. where I'm like, oh, I had a good time. But there's something about watching Romancing the Stone where it's, you're right, it's not as fresh per mm-hmm. se, but it feels more original. And in that, it 
moves me more. It, it like, it's something where I'm like, Oh, I want to go back and watch that. But this one, I'm like, I want to watch moments from this mm-hmm. for sure. But do I want to spend another hour and 45 minutes watching it again? Maybe. But uh, like, I thought since I hadn't seen this one yet, I would feel much more like that about this one. Right. Well, you know, it's it's that weird case of um, first to market, last to lose. Is that a thing? Is I don't. That a term? What? What? what tell me what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like just de facto, *Romancing the Stone* will feel a little bit more original because it had to break all of that ground, whereas this movie is just playing on the playground that *Romancing the Stone* built. But let's say. I, I think I'd probably still feel the same way if I watched both of them sight unseen and it's like, okay. If I, you hadn't seen romance in the stone. Yeah. Like there's, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think also uh, this movie, it's colors. Fantastic. The mm-hmm. cinematography. Great. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. that seem feels very polished yeah. and in the same way as the cover of a romance novel. Yeah. You know, Very and so, glossy. so I think it really fits this movie's style. Yeah. I like my adventure movies to be a little less polished. Right. And, and so Here's I, I the, do think stylistically yes, it's a little yes. less for me, but, but also I think expecting this movie to competitively play as an adventure movie is the wrong expectation to really, hold okay. It. See, that's, that's not what I think this movie, especially in its, its pitch in its trailers mm-hmm. is like. Yeah, it's going to be comedy, but this is high adventure. Right. But like 21 Jump Street is like, yeah, it's a f- comedy and it's technically a cop movie, but it's not going to be a competitive movie to Lethal Weapon. It's not going to be something that's like true action pack. I knew going into this movie that it's like, you're not going to bring the thrill. No, but but that's what I mean with like something like Romancing the Stone, for instance, yeah. is I thought that movie, Romancing the Stone, was just exceptional in that regard. Uh, oh, okay. Um, um, because of Robert Zemeckis, because of that element. Mm. I think had it been a different filmmaker, a more like standard fair director, it would have been more like this movie. See, these guys are doing Master of the Universe mm-hmm. in 2024. Gosh, that's a long way away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be animated, actually. Oh, they're both animators. So that makes sense. Yeah. I, I like, it, it makes me feel like... Like it's gonna go the same way as every single Marvel movie. This is what we talked about not too long ago, yeah. where it's going to be both a comedy and an action, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna stay in those two lanes and not go too far in either of them. Yeah. So, because for my part, I thought this movie hit 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 its mark that it set out for itself. That it, I I completely agree with most movies doing that, <laughs> but. I mean, what more can you ask for if that's what's happening? If it's saying, I want to be like this, I'm going to try really hard to be this way. I'm not asking for anything more. I'm just saying it's, I, I don't think it's my favorite of the genre. Oh, well, that, you know what I mean? That's different, though. That's different. Yeah. I, are you, I, I'm I don't saying, care if, I like, don't care if you favor the movie. I'm saying, what is your judgment of the movie as a critic? What are you, are you saying you, you did well? I think a movie also has to because it might not be for you, but no, like you're saying, it, it like worked. I said, also I was alone in the theater, and yeah. so that, that might have affected me a little. But I'm not. You need Sarah in the room. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think it, you saying that and me saying that means that we both had a handicap. And yeah. so I'm wondering what would have happened if you and I just sat there together and watched it. Would our experiences yeah. have been different? Well, I do think in a movie like this, uh, it it's there is a more optimal. 
more optimal atmosphere to watch it in. Yeah. So you watched it in a Sub-optimal. compromised setting, but it's that's how I usually watch my funny movies anyways, is in a... Any rom-com that we're watching from home, we're uh-huh. in a room by ourselves, yeah. laughing along or not laughing along. Yeah, but I guess that's that's the weird thing is like, I I didn't want to because it wasn't funnier, but somehow Killers got a couple actual laughs out of me. <laughs> I can just imagine Ashton Kutcher, yes! <laughs> well, you know, like this movie, the, the reason why I use the word academic is because I was like, these are all smart, funny jokes. Mm-hmm. But there were there was no well I don't know about th- smart because I was chuckling like an idiot throughout most of this movie so I, I don't know what I to think tell you. they I think the the writers there were four writers in this movie mm-hmm. the jokes felt very manufactured to me mm-hmm. not necessarily in a bad way but they're like how best can this joke play verbally yeah so much so that I think I, I don't know the filmmaking didn't make me laugh. That's that's what I think. All right. Anyway, I don't know what to I, tell I you. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. I was laughing the whole way through. Um, it was exactly what I was hoping it to be. I think it was exactly what it wanted it to be. Four out of five stars for me. Good job, movie. You did great. Had you to get that fifth star, you would have to have. I mean, maybe these directors at a later part in their career or some other element that would have been made it special pushed it like spectacularly over the top in another way and it's just kind of like i don't think paramount would ever invest in something like that it's just the luck of the draw i give this a 3.5 you know Mm -hmm. i I enjoyed myself very much and especially because of daniel radcliffe and brad pitt there you go yeah all right well now that we got that out of the way and we figured out our star ratings after 10 minutes um let's take a break (laughs) and come back with trope talk but i was gonna cut it down to five minutes yeah okay okay and we're back with trope talk it's like dick talk because it's the lost city of d and the villains are dicks we've been pretty because that's what we're talking we've been pretty blue with these recently (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about eccentric villains eccentric villains confer any disney movie confer any disney movie and probably half the pixar movies as well half of them and the rom-coms with villains, they're usually like this. They, I'm not going to copy you anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, you're right. It's because if they're too serious, then that brings us into like a different genre. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one off the bat, eccentric villain, Moulin Rouge. That dude is eccentric, not in a good way. Yeah, he's eccentric in a kind of a... Creepy-ass way. Yeah. he's He's the... He, he, for some reason, like the first image to pop into my mind is like the kid who ate his bookers a lot. <laughs> like if you combine that kid with a, somebody with power and money. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in Romancing the Stone, you had the, the two eccentric villains of Danny DeVito and Abe, what's his name? Yep. And they're bumbling, mm-hmm. but dangerous. Right. And then you have the evil villain, right? Right. And that's kind of... Like you have the eccentric in this movie, you have Daniel Radcliffe as the eccentric, like billionaire who might be a little bit of a genius. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but he has his henchmen who are the ones who are like the dangerous ones. Right. right? Um, what else do we got in this genre? Well, what's interesting is like in a movie like Killers, you don't really have an eccentric villain. You have eccentric uh, henchmen. All the people coming after you yeah. kill them, all eccentric. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. wild. They're manic. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Like one is super lascivious. The other one is just a, 
a crazy party guy, you know. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, they're kind of their own villain. They're kind of their own antagonists. And so... Yeah, you would think it would be... Um, who is who is the Papa-like villain? Who is, yeah, whoever that guy is. Who is like the evil Charlie? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Um, okay, Practical Magic. Ooh, Gordon Wisniak. Yeah, he's he's like kind of a a Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know a Dracula, Ryan? Yeah, a Dracula. You got to watch out for those Draculas, especially <laughs> They're everywhere. when they sparkle. Um, and then Meryl Streep, Devil Wears Prada. Right. And what do, if, if, if a villain is more eccentric, what does that give our characters as far as playoff ability well it's this it's the villains are usually are just big and emotive or not emotive necessarily but there's a lot to chew on Mm -hmm. in terms of someone like miranda Priestley, who's just an absurd character and yet we buy everything about it because you wouldn't want the opposite because there's nothing to play with if she was just kind of subtly evil and you're right. You're right. And I think the eccentric villain, something that can never happen is they never fully lose. Right. Like they lose. Don't get me wrong. Miranda Priestley loses. She's divorced. She like loses out on her assistant. But she doesn't think she lost. She emotionally loses. She she I think on some deep level she she knows, but she's an unacknowledged level. Yeah. But like like in this movie, Daniel Radcliffe doesn't die. No, all, all of his his other evil guys, except the one that runs away, die. There aren't any real consequences for him. Other I mean, than he'll go like, to jail, I guess. Well, he'll buy his way out, but exactly, he'll be fine. Yeah, same thing with Danny DeVito and his his partner. They don't die. The bad bad guy does, but they just saunter off into the sunset. Well, in the sequel, Jewel of the Nile, Danny DeVito is supposed to become a good guy, I'm told. Right. And that's, I think, the other thing about an eccentric villain is you're opening the door for them to not only be a, a good guy, but maybe turn friend. Right. And you were explaining to them this to, this to me about Batman and how the Riddler, yes. after all these years, was a villain and has become kind of good in so, some lore corners. So it's it's not a secret. Uh, the In the new Batman movie, the Riddler is the bad guy and a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But in in Batman lore, like the Riddler has been a bad guy for a long time, but he's more just like... He's like going to do an eccentric crime and he needs you to solve it. And he he is insane. But at the same time, he's like just wanting people to play with him in a way. But mm-hmm. he's also a villain and yada, yada. But he doesn't do something so reprehensible that he is beyond redemption. And he ends up helping Batman solve crimes. Like in, I think this happens in 2004. And mm-hmm. he, he basically becomes a good, quote unquote, good guy. And I think the eccentric villain is who doesn't like what does daniel radcliffe want in this movie he just wants to find the treasure he wants to find the treasure he's he doesn't need the money yeah he's super super rich yeah he just literally wants to go on an adventure and find the treasure Mm -hmm. and when he doesn't get to do that i do kind of feel bad for him yeah yeah right mission accomplished i am i am kind of in his court i'm like i do kind of want you to win i don't like your methods but yeah exactly and i think i think it's fun to have an eccentric villain and, you know, maybe they don't exist as much in real life, but it does paint a little picture of gray into this world that's usually kind of black and white. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. So to all the eccentric villains, we, we salute, salute you. you.
We maybe should salute all of our tropes. Hey, tropes in the past, we salute you too. Well, you know, if you're going to salute Ryan, you might as well give a golden sword. Ooh, well, let me give my golden sword award. Because <laughs> it's my thing to give away. Oh, come on. I mean, all I've got is an Oscar. You've got Patreons. No. Oh, we should do Patreons first. Okay. Should we? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, flying over the Pacific this mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other uh, guests on the plane ended up opening the door mid-flight, jumping out of the plane. Dear Lord. It was insane. Um, Is he Okay. Is well, he? I assume so. As as he jumped out of the plane, he said, "Here's your letter, fuckers." <laughs> and um, unfortunately, <laughs> so he, like it was. Did it he was, have a parachute? It was a, he had a parachute. The other people that got sucked out of the plane didn't, or maybe they did. I just didn't see. It all happened so fast. That's terrible. But sitting in my lap at, at that moment was your essay. Oh, yeah, and that was the train man who jumped off. What was the plane, train man doing on a plane? The mist- the plot thickens. Maybe that's why he jumped off. He's like, what am I doing on I here? I can't be here. <laughs> the plane the plane man will get me. <laughs> Did you meet the plane man too? No, but I bet he's a hero. Mm. I bet he's a good guy. I'd like to meet the plane man. Oh, your essay is all about genre. And why, genre. why genre enhances the viewing experience rather than detracts from it. Yeah, I think um, I think we don't give it enough credit the genre and how it actually does a lot of good for us in our hearts. Mm. And so I read about that. Um, you know, I'm going to be really interested to see what my wife thinks about this because she always talks about you and your boxes to your face. Oh yeah. And, uh, I, I'm going to be very interested in what she's oh, like. Yeah. Like uh, Ryan, Ryan loves genre. <laughs> I, she might say that. Oh, I mean, I'm like, I go to Rob, I'm like, Rob, what's your favorite Robert Pattinson movie? She's like, no, yeah. It's like, I'm just not going to answer that question. I don't quantify things. I don't qualify things. I just like things the way they are. Yeah, it's so weird. She, you know, my wife didn't have a favorite. She's, I don't think, she, I think she still doesn't have a favorite color. What? Like, how did on, she choose what but, to wear in the morning? But on principle. <laughs> like, but she's like, I, I equal opportunities. I was for having all a colors. conversation with her the other week where I was just like, okay, don't tell me your favorite. Just tell me one that you like a lot. <laughs> like, is there anything she'll rank? Like she um, seems principally against ranking anything. She is. I think. I. Th- you know what? I. I. Sorry, wife, that I'm analyzing you right now because you listen to this podcast. Like, does but she? I, does she vote in like Oscars stuff like that? I think she. She will if it's a for fun thing, uh-huh. but she prefers not to. I think she has a little bit of a Toy Story syndrome where she's like, I don't want to make the other colors feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I Which mean, I get. Good point. I, I grew up like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where I personified a lot of things. Still, there's always a best, and it's blue. <laughs> oh, best color, not even favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. The best character or best color. <laughs> anyway. We love you, Robin. So genre, yes. But we do have an exciting announcement to make this week. Oh, we do, do we? Who won the patron poll? Oh, we do, we do, we do. And if your name is Rachel Foskett, you're really excited because- I think Darcy is pretty excited too. Yeah, you guys got what you wanted. We have a tie once again. So we, uh, for our March movie poll, we gave you four choices. The Awful Truth, My Man Godfrey, The Thin Man, Philadelphia Story, and A, The Philadelphia Story, and The Thin Man tied. So you're getting both of those movies next month. Uh huh. And next week, I think we're going to start it off 
very, very strong mm-hmm. with the Philadelphia story. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a break from adventure because yeah. the Thin Man is kind of adventurous and I just need to catch my breath a little bit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's on the Patreon. You can vote for our movies. Uh, we will have a new poll next week because I don't feel like making a poll right now. But nah, we'll wait it. till next week, <laughs> and you'll be able to pick uh, next month's movie that we will do. Maybe there will be even more. I mean, if there's going to be a tie again, I feel like that should trigger some kind of like special event of like three ties in a row, like a bingo card, just like three actors in a row. Row. Sure, we never really figured out what the consequences were for that. I what know, What is a consequence? My first go-to is we have to do an episode drunk because that's our handicap. Oh. Well, also, I wonder if there should be like a um, a rom-com break where it's like, oh, three ties in a row. That means we have to watch a horror movie <laughs> something like that. Three ties. It's killing guys time. Oh, you could you could, you could turn a, a phrase like that. That could work. I kind of did, did. You turn a did phrase? I turn a phrase? I don't think you actually I, turned a phrase. I think I bent a phrase. You bent it. Yeah, it didn't break. So well, go I got the, something going. Go for to me. the Patreon so we can try to Besides turn some kind of phrases. Career. Oh God! Um, well, you can vote for movies. You can read essays written yep. by us, mm-hmm. custom written essays, and you can listen to our bonus episodes. This month is on Pixar's Turning Red. Um, there's a rumor going around in the evangelical communities that this movie is like a bad influence on kids it's and, ridiculous and i have to say <laughs> chill the fuck out you guys relax <laughs> i say that as a christian just like stop this movie is good for people it is a good conversation starter do not be afraid of it like you were afraid of harry potter in the 90s oh, um man i remember going to uh my i went to a little lutheran school uh-huh. and harry potter was banned just we come on like i had to i didn't it was banned from my house for other reasons because my dad wanted me to read like <laughs> Grapes of Wrath and read stuff. Read Louis L'Amour. But um, but I had to like sneak it in to school <laughs> and like go read it in the bathroom if I wanted to read it. Absurd. Anyway, so uh, yeah, come check that out. It's at patreon.com slash romcom gents. Got it in one. And uh, yeah, come join the community. It's a great time. Now, and- now that we've shilled, we have to bring out more gold. Um, because we asked for gold, and now we're going now, to bring out. Now that we've shilled, we must gild. Oh, see, you do get it. You're the, the turn in the phrase. It's good. It's my new thing. Anyways, <laughs> let's give out our Golden Sword Award. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. My Golden Sword is going towards Daniel Radcliffe's smile. Oh. It's, if if anything deserved, like, the, the unique, the undefinable award, it's the villain that I can't help but want to hang out with because of his smile. Mm-hmm. Like, Daniel Radcliffe is an eccentric dude, but though he surrounds himself with dangerous men... I would not be afraid hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. And that is a very unique thing for a villain. Nice, charming smile. Yeah, n- nice, charming smile. It deserved a sword. I like it. It's a weird sentence. <laughs> I'm giving my golden sword to Channing Tatum's butt. Ooh, it's a good butt. Which we see in its full glory. <laughs> and I want to say I wasn't intimidated by it. I wasn't intimidated. Are you usually intimidated by butts? Well, you know, it's just Channing Tatum... 
attractive man. He looks at you through the screen. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to take your wife with my butt. <laughs> he can make you feel a little, you know, because I can't go to the gym as often as that dude. I, I, I mean, you're not paid I to. I can compete with that. You would literally have to pay to go to the gym, mm-hmm. whereas he is paid. But, oh, he paid. Yeah. So. I, I mean, he's paid when he's up on stage, yeah. too. Yeah, of course. He gets the money thrown at, at his butt. But it, it's a good-looking butt, and it got... It, <laughs> it's a good butt. <laughs> it's a good butt. And it got the laughs, and uh, I don't know. I just like the equal opportunism of the movie of if we're ogling anything, we're ogling his body, and I think... That's not equal opportunism. That's single opportunism, but I'm here for it. That's true. I mean, it's just You're kind of... You're talking genre-wise. It's reversing decades yes. of the male gaze def- and reversing it backwards to... We should just be looking at his butt. It, I mean, if, yeah, it's not even about gays. It's just about like, well, how we treat. It's it's just about saying, yeah, men can be naked too. In yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. And if we're gonna ogle things, let's let's just ogle Tony Tatum. Yeah, let's. Well, let's let's ogle. What this movie is saying, let's ogle the meat in the room. <laughs> but there's something about his persona from Magic Mike and before Magic Mike with like Step Up of like. I'm here to entertain. So uh-huh. yeah, let me entertain. Uh-huh. And it's like, this is great. <laughs> it kind of makes him perfect casting for this movie mm-hmm. because what else is his character there to do, but have his, his bodice ripped. Right. And he's happy to be there and he likes making people happy. Mm-hmm. And especially the target audience of those cougars that nearly mauled me when I was serving them their cocktails. That's right. Which, I mean, he, he kind of has a story like that. No, it's not that. It's a very sweet one where he's walking down the street and some like old lady's like, you're this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I like the butt, she said. <laughs> um, well, that's a great golden sword as well. A, 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 a smile and a butt. <laughs> but, but if but... we're going to give this a different award, probably a less dramatic award than this year's Oscars, would you give this movie <laughs> a rom-com? Oh, you har- like harmonize there. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I can only harmonize when nobody else is singing. <laughs> does that make it? Har- yeah, okay. It's not like this movie does any one particular thing exceptionally. It just does butts pretty well. It, it just does everything it's supposed to do well. So it's hard mm-hmm. to give it a specific Oscar because there's nothing. <laughs> Most swell. <laughs> like, I want to give it like all around. <laughs> just like. You did great. So maybe maybe that was my whole thing with the movie is there wasn't anything about this movie that felt like a swing at all. Mm-hmm. And I that's obviously not a bad thing. It means that you're going, you're gonna enjoy a movie. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what is what is that what is that thing that you liked about this movie that was like that, where it was just good all around well, it's kind of like why when you're sitting down, it's been a long day, and you throw on Frasier, uh-huh. and you've seen Frasier five times before, uh-huh. you could watch a new show that you've never watched. Right. Or you could watch Frasier, which you know you like, but mm-hmm. you aren't going to be surprised by it because you know you know all the jokes, and you're still going to laugh. This is a safe movie. You're going into it, and you're like, I know it's not going to be anything dynamic. I know it's not going to make me think hard, but it's going to be a safe time. So I'd rather go with the safe B plus option than the potential a, okay. Give it best safety vest. Um, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I realize what I'm going to, I'm going to do. I'm going to give best supporting actor to Brad Pitt. 
Oh, okay, yeah, that's a really great choice. Because he did a great performance in a movie that he didn't actually have to do a great job in. No, he... Well, again, I think like he is really good in this movie, but we made a comment in um, our Mr. and Mrs. Smith episode where there's something about Brad Pitt where it doesn't seem like he's trying mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. I... I think you could take most Brad Pitt characters and just switch them out movies. And I think that's because Brad Pitt's just an amazing person. He seems to be. I don't know. It's such a weird thing, but good Oscar regardless. I think I'm also going to give this best supporting to Daniel Radcliffe. Hey, there you go. Like, I know I gave two awards to him, but I just liked him so much in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've um, you've made the case for him, yeah. Tro- from trope to sea. That didn't work. Maybe maybe you should be the one turning the phrases. I can't turn the phrases. If you're gonna phrase, you got to pays. <laughs> See, he's just amazing. <laughs> I can't keep up with that. Um, so uh, we we had the Oscars, we had the swords, but now we ask the most important question of all: of who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I've loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. Like it looked like you were offering me your heart. <laughs> exactly. Please me. Who would you give your heart to? Because that's the thing. Falling in love, you're you're falling in love. It's not like who you admire. It's who you're gonna have a loving relationship with. You know, I uh, I'm gonna go. I was thinking Brad Pitt because him and Sandra Bullock actually have this intense chemistry. Oh yeah. When they're on screen, fantastic. Like, it made me want to watch the movie about the two of them. Oh, yeah. No offense to Channing. He's great. But I'm actually going to go with... I'm going to break the mold and mm-hmm. go with Sandra Bullock. Whoa, 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 I mean, whoa. you know me. Usually I pick, a like, a, a left-field character. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Sandra Bullock because she is a writer. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like the job that she's doing right now. Can relate. Mm-hmm. And she's a little unpleasant, but not overly so. I, I think she's just having a hard time and wants to wants to commit to promises she made to herself mm-hmm. and I can totally get on board with that. Yeah. I, I like it. I dig it. I dig and it. And she doesn't like sequins and I also hate sequins, but yeah. she pulls them off. Oh, oh pulls them off. I mean a couple times. In the yeah. movie. <laughs> See that's that <laughs> turn, turn the phrase. The phrase. Um I'm going with Channing Tatum because Chee- he Tates. Ch- Tates. Chay Tates. <laughs> Because he's just so sweet and so just um, simple. He's like, a, he's just presents himself as he is. You know what he... Like, if he was an animal in this movie, he would be the world's most ripped, cute chipmunk. He's got a chipmunk personality. Sure. I was going to go with Golden Retriever, but yeah, we can do oh, that. I think maybe you're right, but I would much rather prefer imagining a, a ripped <laughs> I, I like a chip. ripped chipmunk, a ripped chip, but he's just so just like intent on being himself and has no shame in it and is just happy to be genuine and yeah. i really admire that genuine i think we found his word mm-hmm. yeah he's a very genuine character yeah and i genuinely 
like fall him. in love with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. Well, um, I genuinely want everybody to come watch our or watch the movie for next week because goodness, mm-hmm. do I love Philadelphia Story. Mm-hmm. It's an older movie, people, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's so so good. So good. Kind of like our podcast. And so, if you wanted to share it with you know a friend a family member a lover mm. perhaps perhaps you've just come out of the reverie of coitus and you turn on your <laughs> pillow and say yeah and you say instead of that post-coital cigarette why don't you throw our podcast on the bluetooth <laughs> why don't you why don't you take out your ipod put it in your mouth and just go ah, oh. listen to this <laughs> Um, that won't scare them off no no for sure surely not because they'll be entranced by our voices and if you're like nah I don't want to do that exactly you could also just go review us on iTunes could do that could do that yeah Um, so do that go watch the movie come back next week repeat the week after that and and just keep keep, doing it every week keep keep living your lives as well well Kelly I just need to tell you that I love you so much Uh that I would rip leeches off of your bare ass I love you so much, I'd let you. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on a gentleman's guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>